Donovan from the 757 or 804. Get it off your chest, bro. Yeah, I'm just, I'm blessed because I'm a 28-year-old homeowner. I got a great, secure job. I got a beautiful wife. I got two beautiful children. And I woke up this morning. Not everybody woke up this morning. You right. There you go. That's sound like you balling blessings. to me. Sound like you balling to me, my brother. Absolutely. Doing big things out here. You're not suffering from erectile dysfunction at an early age, are you? Double D. Double D is here. What's up, man? Why you mad, Double D? Listen, man, I took my son to the Y last night. Somehow he's going to play basketball. I said, I'm be home by 9 o'clock. Joe walked up in the house at 12.30. He's 15 years old, and he has that good smell and stuff on his clothes. What's up with that, man? But did you bust his ass? No, that's my thing. Should I break one of his legs? You goddamn right. You can't break one of his legs. No, yeah, don't break his leg. But he should be punished. He, he should know. Like he can't like the goodness, too. Man. Broke, broke. You should wake his ass up right now. He probably sleeping in heaven. He probably got some last night. There's no way he should break curfew and be all right. That's right. Please don't tell me he ain't getting it. I ain't ready to be no grandfather. <laughs> Come on. What, what was you doing at 15? Uh, all right, then. Go ahead, go discipline Tyreek, man. Go wake his ass up right now. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset or you need to vent, call us right now. Or maybe you feel blessed. Phone lines are wide open. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? It's Kendra. Hey, Kendra, get it off your chest. Okay, so I feel blessed, but I also am really mad because yesterday when I was leaving work, I was on my way to court for traffic. It got about a week or so ago, and it was a truck that pulled up on the side of me. And so I rolled my window down because I thought maybe they were trying to alert me of something that was going on with my vehicle. And all of a sudden, she's like, B, what's your problem, this and that and the third? So after we rolled through the stoplight, they sped past me. I get to the stop sign. They're standing out with bottles, throwing them at my car. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's because like, of what now? I guess because I'm cute. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> you one of those? Because I'm cute. 
Everybody hates me because I'm so well, pretty. Hey, keep it positive. It's not her fault. She's cute. Thank you, Angela. So you mean to tell me some girls just randomly started throwing bottles at you at a red light because you cute? Honestly, like, I don't. What'd you do? Tell the truth. Did you, cut, did, you, did you cut somebody off? Huh? No, they actually cut me off. So I was actually surprised. I'm like, what is the problem? But they seemed very upset. Well, you just keep on being cute. There's yeah. nothing you can do about that. What's your cute Instagram? Let me see if you work. And don't you be out there. here with your cute self fighting nobody. <laughs> What's your Instagram? It's Lion 82 Hold on. Let me look it up. Hold on. Hold on. What is it now? It's L-I-O-E-S-S-I-4-Leo-A-2. Okay, your account is private, and it just says, I'm just going to keep doing me. Oh, yeah. You ain't even got you ain't even got a picture. It's your profile pic. It's just a caption. I'm just going to keep doing me. You ain't that cute. You ain't that cute. Ain't no way. You know what? Matter of fact, I just turned my privacy off for you. Oh, she turned it off for you. Let me go back in then. Okay, I see you. Okay, let me see. I'm looking. All right. I, I can see the cuteness. You got a nice little birthmark on your face. What side of the Thank cheek is that? Huh? It's on the right side. That, that, that's, that's what God kissed you at? You know what I mean? Yes, and I got a special heart to go with the birthmark. You cute, but I don't know if you're throwing bottles at for no reason, cute. You did something in that traffic. Oh, stop it. Leave no. You did something in that traffic you ain't telling us now. No, I promise. All right, well, you keep it cute, okay? My Thank you. Have I, a good one. I see you got a little seafood kind of day. You got a little crab legs on deck. What's wrong with you, man? Yo, get out of her bed, I'm you just stalker. scrolling. I'm just growing through. <laughs> Have a good one, mama. You as well. All right, get it off your chest. 800 585 1051 it's a breakfast club good morning the breakfast club Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building who looks amazing this morning. Keisha Cole. Thank you. Good thank morning. you. I got dressed for you all. I, morning, I walked in. I walked in the bathroom and Keisha oh, was in there, but I ain't you. get to see nothing though. Oh, oh my that. God. <laughs> why, why were you no. in her bathroom? Wait, wait, you were. Oh, you didn't lock the no, door. No, yeah, the girls were helping me pull my shirt. Just like, you know, I have big, you know, breasts. So yes. sometimes it. Yeah, and he walked in, but it. He didn't see nothing. I ain't seen nothing. And after, as soon as anything. I closed the door, I was like, damn. You're like, <laughs> you're like I should have stayed there a second longer. I didn't know she was longer. in there, but you know. <laughs> hey, might as well. <laughs> a vibe. So 11-11, Reset is out now. Yes, thank you guys for being so supportive. And last time you were here, we were talking Love and Hip Hop and all yes. of that. And then you really are on Love and Hip Hop She now. didn't confirm last time, though, did she? No. She didn't really no, confirm. She, she said they, they were in talks, though. Right, mm -hmm. in talks. What made you do Love and Hip Hop? Mona, cut the check. Well, not only that. But I felt that it was a great platform um, mm -hmm. to showcase the music and, you know, just be a good driver for the album. So, Keisha, you know I watched the Love and Hip Hop reunion last night, and I saw you perform, Incapable, loved it. Thank you. And clearly you wrote that song about some real-life situation. Of course. The whole album is pretty much, yeah, it's personal. How did Booby feel when he heard that song? Because he had to feel like she's talking about me. I don't know how to next. Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys are still cool, like yeah, I, of course. At least on TV, he lives in your house with you. Not anymore. Okay. Yeah. So how did that work? Because y'all weren't together, but y'all living in the same house. He was going through some things, mm -hmm. and um, it, it was worrying me that you know he wasn't gonna be able to spend as much time with DJ as was necessary to have spent with him, and I and I just didn't agree with that, and I just was like, dude, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you just. Mind your business. Mm -hmm. And then we, you know, we get along. That's very so. mature. Because it's hard for yeah. people to, you know, you watch him date somebody else. Yeah, And of he course. comes to you for advice with Brooke Valentine. Yeah. 
And That's I, awkward. Even me, when I'm watching it, it feels awkward. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, thank God that um that all those emotions are gone. Like, I don't feel anything. Jeez. Um, so that's, I mean, I pray for that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because, I mean, there was times that I would really wonder why and ask myself, like, is it you? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, but then I just realized that, you know, with me or without me, you're still going to be a slucket. A slucket? A slucket bucket. A slucket bucket. Okay. No, you know, I mean, that's jokingly, but seriously joking. Um, you know, you just have to realize that. It's like, listen, man, hey, no hard feelings, you know. It happened the way it happened. Everything happens for a reason. I, I think that movie's a poor decision maker. I'm going to be honest with you. Like when he came here last time and he told us he was quitting NBA for rap, I told him that was the worst thing that he could possibly even oh, think of Oh, he came after I came that time? Now, he was up here one time by himself. Let's flash back to that moment. I think a lot of people don't understand what I'm doing right now. Mm. Nobody would tell me, look, you got a million dollars over here. Go do this. Because the headline sounds crazy. Booby Gibson leaves the NBA to start a rap career. You're like, yeah. what? For what? Yeah, so to me, that just shows you the love and the passion for me to be able to do that and be okay with what anybody got to say about me doing it and still pursue it to me that should tell you just how passionate i am about what i'm doing right now i heard yeah. i heard that interview and i was like you know you can't stop somebody's dreams of what they feel like they want to pursue in their lives like you know more power to you but when god like gave you a, a platform to be able to do you know, what you wanted to do is like, I mean, I think you're looking at it, like you said, to me, it's the same. It is. And he could have promoted both. You see what Damian Lillard does? He could have been on the court and rapping at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. She's like, like, that's his decision. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I can't, you know, like I always say, he's always going to be my family. So, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. You are growing up. I would never Everybody expect this. Everybody can say this I everywhere I go. I would never I expect go. this from you. <laughs> this is crazy. This is really crazy. When I used to seeing you happy. That's crazy. <laughs> but I've been knowing, like, all y'all for, like, years. So, I, you know, like, so I, I assume you guys could see it. But I'm like, really? Everywhere I went, I was like, that is so amazing. Just thankful for that. Like, I really did pray for that, though. Because, really, to be that on that show good. with Gib and look at all the things that, like, you're doing. And, like, you know, it's his personal business. But, like, even you guys should check out the reunion. Because I think he said something like, Oh yeah, I'm I'm single now. I could do what I want. I was like, uh, sir, you were doing all of this while you were married, though. Right, man. Like, different. stop. <laughs> like, this is no different. And he really pursued you heavy. Like, why? Do and was asking, saying it was a God thing, and God said, and God is this, and God. And it was just to a point where I was like, okay, you know what? You can't keep using God. Right. Like, this mm-hmm. is not you gonna, gonna go to hell if you keep. Listening. It's interesting because I've seen the exact opposite in my life. Like, I think that when you do right by your wife and you do right by your family, greater things happen. Greater things Absolutely. happen. I mean, there was times we went through that, too. But, you know, I'm just happy that we're finally going through with the divorce and everything is, you know, it's just going to be an outcome. It's like, okay, it's over. You know, like we, you know, it's over. And I'm happy to know that finally, you know, it's just. Now, he can come to you, right, and talk about women. But when you go to him and talk about guys that you're dating, it seems like. Wasn't that crazy? He still has an issue with that. You can give him advice. And he has no problem talking to you. Because men feel like that's always our... Especially when, you go when we got a baby. Absolutely that is true. not, though. No. Like, no. That's hard. You can't, uh, that's, because be you know what? One. I mean, I, I understand that frame of mind because for a few years, like, I would just run back to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just easy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then after, like, I was like, okay, this is going to really seriously damage my son. Mm-hmm. Because, like, every time I go back, I'm getting more upset. I'm crying in front of... It got to the point I was crying in front of DJ. Like, and right. I was just like, 
you know what? No, 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 no. It ain't the game worth it. I'm sorry. It's, just, it's just not worth it. It's not. You know, it's like, come on. We got to grow up here. You know, bottom line, putting my foot down on that. All right, we got more with Keisha Cole when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee. Charlamagne the God, we are the Breakfast Club. Keisha Cole is here. Charlamagne? What have you been studying? What, what is it? Like, what, what book did you read? Like, is it meditation? It's the like, Bible, what, bro. Like, what is it? That it's, this the Bible, it's the Bible, bro. I'm spiritually grounded. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. It's just, it's just been in my spirit. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just over it. It's just like over it. And I, I'm happy too, cause you usually you're known for beating a bitch's ass. And when I heard you was gonna be on Love and Hip Hop, I said, "Oh my god!" She's known for beating up girls. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think that's what she's known. No, not known for that, but she would beat a bitch. I'm mean, wilding out, but I, yeah, I ain't never seen. I've never heard of Keisha actually physically putting hands on somebody. Well, I'm doing wilding out on Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Good segue. There yeah, there's. <laughs> you know, eleven eleven reset is in stores now. Super excited. I really appreciate you guys for, you know, always having me and always being supportive. Is Booby on child support? Um, from like me paying him or him like paying you pay me? Him. <laughs> Damn, you gotta pay him? I don't know what's happening these days. You gotta pay days. spousal support? I don't know. Oh, I'm gonna They're still do. married. Does he pay you for no, the you're child? Are you not divorced yet? Yeah, we, we filed for divorce. But you're not divorced yet. Um, no, it takes 60 days. Right. And then, and then it'll be. Mm-hmm. Is he trying to stop it ever? Like, let's not do it. Has he come back and been like, "Come on, can we work this out?" Um, no, not this time. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm really excited. Right. Yeah, this is this is a very exciting time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be alive, you know, it's just like it's not even like I'm trying to say it's a bad deal. Like, I'm really excited that we're finally both of us able to like get over this and be like, like, yo, let's just start. A fresh, let's start a new. It's different, but let's go for it because it's not going to work between us. You think having your biological father back helped like bring some stability to your life? Mental, spiritually, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, he's he's so like mentally like I mean he's just intelligent guy and he knows a lot about the Bible as well and he's very grounded and his house is amazing <laughs> and his car is amazing. He, you know, his wife is amazing. You know, it's just like I can't believe what I, I just like how this is happening mm. and I like it's just crazy I, I'm <laughs> did you realize that you had we were missing something this whole time of course I mean mm. you know not ha- knowing what um that piece of you really is you know I was just gonna go on ancestors.com just going to rap but then I was like you know I mean him being blessed I'm, you know me being blessed with him in my life finally I was able to look at family members and actually identify finally with people that I felt like, oh my God, we have the same eyes. Like mm-hmm. I have a, a picture of all my aunts I was looking at. The, I know they probably mm-hmm. thought I was weird because I was just like staring at them at the barbecue. I've never seen like people that I look like ever. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like me and my, they say my mom and I used to look like when she was younger, but you know, to finally see that I was just like, so just in awe about it. So I mean, all of it all coming together is so amazing for me. So how's your mom doing? Um, it's been a little while since I've spoken to her. Mm-hmm. She kind of made me upset. Why? <laughs> she, um, it was like a whole big thing a while ago. And actually, um, they were trying to get her to get on Love and Hip Hop, but I was just like, you know, no, you know, like it's just not that time. Like, right. you know, I've done that before. 
and she promised she would get better and it's not for people to see like that like you know what I'm saying like my whole thing was like her getting better and actually changing but like this time it's just like no nah, I'm not doing that you know and I had her out there and I was actually going try to like clean her up a bit you know like get her all nice get her dolled up and everything mm-hmm. she just ran off Mother's Day Mm-hmm. Just ran off. I got me all in the streets looking for her. I'm all in L.A. I'm, like, running through the streets, like, with an Uber. The Uber, like, I've been through this, dude, like, mm-hmm. rolling up. So I'm like, you need to come on. Like, get in the car. Like, literally, like. She back on drugs, though? I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, I don't know. Like, she was, you know, there. She was in Skid Row. But mm-hmm. my thing was more so, like, it, it, it just hurt me. It was Mother's Day. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And you disappeared when my when my child was looking. And then on top of that, it just was like, I, I was crying to her. I said, Ma, I feel like one day I'm going to come looking for you and I ain't going to find you. And then she was like, oh, you'll be all right. I'm just like, yeah. I'm a, um, yeah, I need a break. <laughs> do you have resentment towards, like, I mean, your father's back in your life now, but did you have resentment for him not being there all these years? And do you have, like, resentment to your mom for? Like, oh, no. No, 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 no. And that was so scary, I think, for my father because he was like, he was looking at me like, what is she going to say? Like, how is she going to react? And I was just like, I'm so blessed to have you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happened before is not, we don't have to worry about today, mm-hmm. what we can do about today, mm-hmm. and how much we can grow and learn each other and, you know, start with today. Like, we're not going to worry about yesterday. Don't worry about that. Like, the only thing that, like, you need to worry about is the fact that God had me this whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Trust me. You know what's amazing is that I feel like people could relate to the feeling in your music so much more because we know you. Like, we know a lot of really personal things about you that I'm sure it's hard for you to put out there. No, it's not hard. Okay. It's a blessing. But I feel like we know you. That's why you can listen to the music and be like, okay, I feel what she's talking about and I know she went through this and that's why she's saying this. There's a lot more. It's honesty and trust with my aunt. Yeah. Because you, like, I, I feel that too, actually. Um, and it's a blessing to be able to be something that somebody can say, okay, you know, I can do this. I can do this. And God. the backlash and everything could never equate to somebody walking up to me and saying, yo, you helped me. You helped me change my life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, I can deal with all the, the hate and the backlash behind it, mm-hmm. honestly. You think you'll, how do you feel about love now and opening up? Do you think that it's going to be damn near impossible for another man to come along and sweep you off your feet? Oh, is there another man? Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> she said that like she had an orgasm last night. <laughs> no, I wish. No, but no, no, not that soon. Um, yeah, I mean, sort of, yeah. There is somebody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a slow, like, kind of, like, you know, procedure, like, with the whole getting to know each other thing and just, like, you know, it takes time. Now, does he, do people, like, okay, you're dating somebody new now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's in the beginning stages. Do they get mad if they see you, like, hanging out with Floyd Mayweather? And they're like, what's this about? I don't want you around. No, I don't think so because, you know, me and Floyd are not together. Um... That's a friend of mine, and um, but guys still get insecure about. Well, being. that's not cool, mm-hmm. especially if you're just friends, because you know, guys have friends. Yeah, but everybody's <laughs> friend has not generated over a billion dollars. <laughs> okay, it's not Floyd. And, yeah, not gives up gifts at like Birkin bags. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he doesn't give me Birkin bags, so mm-hmm. there's no need to fret over that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's giving you a gift, I'm sure, though. Mm, of course. What is he giving you? <laughs> <laughs> what has Floyd gotten you, Keisha? He is crazy. Some jewelry, maybe? 
Mm-mm. <laughs> something that cranks up? <laughs> cranks up? Cranks up. She pushed on. See, that's exactly why you don't want your woman right. hanging around Floyd goddamn Mayweather. But look, if you're not... Like, the hell did he buy her? I'm not anyone's woman, though. They're just talking. We're They're just, getting to know each other. Yeah, we're going, we're just, but if you're dating someone and he's like, you let Floyd give you a gift? I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't do that. I would, what, take the gift from Floyd or what? Yeah, I mean, you know, no, that's, I don't, you know, mm-mm. If I was Floyd, I'd test that. I'll wait till you start dating somebody and see you a Bugatti. Yeah. See if you don't take it. I can't accept this. See what you going to do now. He wouldn't do that. No, he wouldn't. That's nothing. That's not how he is. That's another right. conversation. All right, well, there you have it. It's Keisha Cole. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. got a new book out called Soar. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, this book is very timely because it's about entrepreneurship, which leads to economic empowerment. You say that you don't have to be an entrepreneur to think like one and take flight with your dreams. Explain that more for those who haven't read it. You know, the, I really wrote the book because I really wanted to talk to people who are trying to launch their careers, get their dreams up, accomplish their goals. Most people who have accomplished something never take the time to teach other people how they did it. There are some basic principles that go across the board regardless of what type of business you're trying to build or what type of career or brand you want. And I wrote the book Soar to show you how to build from the ground up. If you don't have all the capital and you don't have all the support, that still doesn't mean you can't fly. Now, what's interesting about you is that both of your parents were entrepreneurs. And I know I was actually just talking to some kids yesterday that are thinking about getting into being an entrepreneur and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out those steps. And I was saying my parents never really instilled that in me. And so fortunately for you, you were kind of raised with that mindset and for your brothers and sisters. It makes a big difference if you come up in an environment where people are talking business all the time. And I mean... This was low-impact business. My father started a business with a mop and a bucket. That's it. Mm -hmm. And ended up with 52 employees and 10 trucks back in the 60s. But I grew up in the house of good days and bad days. I know what it's like when it's going good and then it's going bad. Most people get out of business because they hit a bad spot. But it's like turbulence on a plane. If you just stay seated, everything's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Things land on their feet again, and you have to withstand those struggles, those hard times, and you have to be on top of your business. You have to focus. You have to do what you have to do in the book. The book was written based on the Wright brothers because these guys built a airplane that nobody had ever heard, didn't even know what to call it, and they built it in a bicycle shop. And I wrote it to say you don't have to have everything that you need to build your dream. Take what you got, use what you got, start where you are, and build from there. And it's amazing what you can accomplish with your life. Now, let's go back a little bit, if, if y'all don't mind. Let's start. How did you get into the church? What got you in the church so heavy? It's kind of hard to remember a time that I wasn't. I grew up in that environment. I grew up around it. Mm-hmm. So I was exposed to it. So on one hand, I grew up playing the piano in the church. On the other hand, I ended up helping my father run a buffer at night. Mm-hmm. So I had a work ethic and a spiritual life almost all of my life. Uh, and it's always been a part of my life. You ain't never played no sports? You got a, like, like a little nose guard build. <laughs> I, I know, I, I know, but so it, it's fake news, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake news. I inherited these shoulders. I didn't earn them. <laughs> my daddy gave me these. Thank you, daddy. But uh, the, the reality is I, I didn't do that. I really mm-hmm. grew up in that kind of environment, and, and that's not to say I was any goody two-shoes. Don't think that by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. But I did grow up in that environment where there was faith on one hand, there was work on the other. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of who I became. What made you take it so serious? Because, you know, every 
black family, most black families put their children in church and it's they get to a certain age and then they just kind of weasel out. Yeah, everybody or, or not ordained. Yeah, not everybody yeah. stays for the, the long That's a great question. Yeah. Nobody ever asked me that. That's amazing. Nobody ever asked me. I think what made me take it so seriously is my father got sick when I was 10. I grew up in a house with dialysis. I grew up in a house where we were juggling between life and death on a daily basis. Dialysis wasn't nearly as, as uh, advanced as it is today. Right. He died when I was 16. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a choice between blowing my brains out and coming to God. Mm. <laughs> and it, that, that was kind of where my head was at at that time in a really, really bad spot. And I knew that there was something missing out of my life as it related to fathering mm -hmm. that I desperately needed. And I was trying to fill that hole in my life. And I think that has all the world to do with how I became who I am. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because you do talk about your father with his business, even though he did grow his business to have 52 employees, mm -hmm. you always felt like he could have really taken it to the next level if he would have had that mindset. Yeah, well, the thing I noticed about my dad, my dad my dad was hard to describe because he did everything. He sold fish. He mm -hmm. did everything <laughs> imaginable. He was like the, the ultimate hustler. Right. And then he got this business going and he was doing it good. But he brought a hustling attitude into a business opportunity. And I noticed something that he was so busy doing it he didn't have time to grow it. Mm. And so in the book, I talk about the danger of keeping your hands on things so long that it deteriorates from what it could have been because you can hire somebody to do it, but you can't hire anybody to think it. You have to be able to market it. You have to be able to manage it. It's, it's just because you have a talent doesn't mean you need to go into business doing that thing because business is not about doing it. It's about thinking it. How did you have the mindset to, to be in the church and to have all these other businesses that you do because I'm sure the congregation looks at you and you know it's always they're looking and you say well where is he getting that money from how is he making this how is that like it's, it's almost ridicule of, of what they do so how did you have that mind frame to continue to go and still do those businesses the funny there? thing about that is I had my business before I had my church mm. T.D. Jakes Enterprises existed before I had the Potter's House so the church didn't have to get used to it I came with it mm -hmm. like like Marvin Winans can sing and he brings a gift in the, in the presence of also being a preacher all you can give is who you are. Mm -hmm. It's not because I'm a preacher that I'm successful. I'm successful if I didn't preach. I've, I've done enough movies, I've done enough films mm -hmm. that if I didn't preach at all, which puts me in a position where I don't have to do it for the money. Yeah. I can do it because I love it. So being uh, bivocational is a blessing. I mean, Jesus was a carpenter. Paul was a tent maker. Mm -hmm. And I've been blessed to make films that started out doing plays, got a door and an opportunity to do something with Sony Pictures. I wasn't going to give up the ministry because I became more successful. And I wasn't going to give up the opportunity because I was a preacher. What do you think? What do you say to people who call guys like yourself pulpit pimps because they feel like y'all have turned church into a, a business? Well, most of the guys who say that are standing outside, and it's like standing outside of your business, calling you names. People who stand outside of something never really understand it. They make assumptions about things. They make assumptions. They don't understand. Uh, and every ministry is different. I'm not vouching for everybody. We're not monolithic. We're not all alike. But in our particular case, people who know our ministry know that we rehabilitate 10,000 inmates and help them to uh, reduce the rate of recidivism. We have a year-long program that we take them through to get them back out in life. People who know our ministry know that we were boots on the ground in Katrina. We were there when they were snatching bodies out of there. We were there for the current hurricanes that we have all the way to Puerto Rico. People who know 
know our ministry, know the work that we do all over the world, digging wells and whatnot. And then we have 300 people on staff. It's not just me. Mm -hmm. But when you come on TV, they see you. They see you and they see money and they don't see 300 other families who eat every day because of what we do. So if you're sitting around the barbershop and you're making assumptions, assumptions have a root word. Ass. <laughs> Bishop T.D. Jakes just said, how you going to hit from the outside of the church? You can't yeah, even get yeah. in. All right. <laughs> All right, we got more with T.D. Jakes when we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have the Bishop T.D. Jakes in the building. Charlamagne? You relate all entrepreneurship to flying in this book. You mentioned the Wright brothers earlier, but why, why, why flying? Well, be- because it is a bit like being suspended to start a business. You don't feel like you have anything under you. It is a scary situation. You start out on the ground, you end up in the air. And what I'm really saying about a, about a business, the Wright brothers looked up in the air and thought the audacious thought, I belong up there at a time when that was totally ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They built something to take them there. People who build businesses must build the business to take them toward your dream. The business is not the dream. It is the transportation to the dream. Mm. If you don't get that straight in the embryonic stages of building a business, you won't succeed. And the reason it's important that we have this conversation right now is women of color are going into business more readily than any other people group in the country. Mm -hmm. They are going into business that fast. Bad news is they're not staying in the business because they don't like access to capital and they don't have anybody to mentor them. And what I'm saying in the book, I don't care how talented you are, how gifted you are, you're better if you have a coach. Right. Yeah. And you talk about the research of where the Wright brothers went. They said, okay, this is where the wind is going to be right for us to be able to take off. And then once you do take off, having the wind beneath you so that you can... Yeah. That's one of my favorite points. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, what I, what, my experiences, I've done a lot of things. I've done talk shows. I've done various types of businesses. No matter how good you build whatever it is you're building, if you don't get it in the right wind at the right time, then you won't accelerate the way you need to. The Wright brothers built the first plane in Dayton, but they launched it in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. And the main reason they went to Kitty Hawk is because the wind is right. Mm. And in the book, I use that as a metaphor to say, you might be doing the right thing in the wrong place Mm -hmm. or at the wrong time. If you get the right winds up under you, you become a lot more successful. Colonel Sanders built his business at a time that women had gone to work and families were used to home-cooked meals. The timing was right. The wind was right. And in spite of the fact (laughs) that he was 60-some years old, he launched a business that outlived him, outgrew him, and became a brand that's still here today. And money is a motivation, too. We discussed that because a lot of people who are motivated to be successful think finance mm-hmm. is what defines success. Mm-hmm. But that can't be the only thing that you're aiming for. No, it doesn't work. In fact, stats say that people who go into business because they need money are more apt to go out of business than anybody else. The success rate is deplorable. However, people who start a business to meet other people's needs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are much more successful. You don't have to market it as hard. You don't have to talk me into supplying something that I have a need for. So so it's really about purpose-driven, not profit-driven. If you are purpose-driven, the profits will follow you. If you're profit-driven, you're always going to be hustling. What was your business before the church? 
Uh, I've always been involved in the church, but I was, I've done managed clothing. I mm-hmm. was a buyer for a clothing store for men's fashion. I worked for Union Carbide, processing gases and acetylenes and oxygens for a number of years. I've done just about everything. So I'm, Avon products? <laughs> for my mother when I was a little boy. My mother was an Avon lady. I was oh, a little boy okay. helping her. So I was hustling all of my life. All of my life, I've always been uh, doing something productive. I was actually a short order cook and later a chef for a restaurant. So I've done just you a little bit look of like everything. You a chef, though. I ain't gonna lie. I can throw down, I can throw down. I can hurt you real bad. You won't be able to wear nothing you got. Now, a lot of people always talk about, you know, I have money or I have an idea. I want to start a business. What should I do? And there's a lot of listeners that have money. They hit me and you all the time about what should I do? What what would you tell somebody that, that wants to create a business or start a business that have no idea, don't know where to start, or just clueless? Study everything you can about the business. Get every kind of magazine. Get around anybody who's doing what you want to do. Any kind of way you before you start the business, not after, before you start. Because in every the fact that you want to start a business in an area, every business has a culture, mm-hmm. unspoken rules. And so in order to really find out how to do that, you have to get around people who are doing that. Don't be afraid to enter in at ground level zero to get the information. Once you've gathered all the information, the second step, put your team together. Mm-hmm. You can't do it without the right mm-hmm. team. It's very important that you get the right team. If you're going to build a team, don't build a team, which is a mistake most people make, associating with people who do what you do. Because if you surround yourself with people who do what you do, they're going to compete with you. Mm-hmm. You want people who are good at what you're not good at so they complete you. Mm. Once you have your team together, and they should be completing you in that they accessorize your limitations. So you have to be good enough at what you do to know what you're not good at. Most people are too egotistical to admit that they're not good at anything, Mm. so they don't build the right team because you want to be the master of everything. You want to come up with the concept, develop the concept, share it with people, get a a non-disclosure agreement before you do so, put together your team, and from your team, you launch your dream. Another good uh, piece of advice you give in the book, Saw, is is waiting patience. Waiting, patience, and wanting it now. And you touch on how these millennials don't really realize success is a process. It is definitely a process. And I, I, I do training camps for millennials. I'm passionate about them. I love them. When I'm standing over the corner looking at me, who is my son. So mm-hmm. when I see millennials, I see my sons. I want them to win. But I also want them to understand the amount of people who are going to put something on YouTube and make them rich is minuscule. And so you can't wait 30 years to luck up on something because you saw a few people get in that door. You missed a huge opportunity. Number two, if you saw somebody older than you that you admired and you saw them doing something that you want to do, you didn't see the struggle they went through before mm-hmm. they got to the success. Mm. We we tend to advertise our, advertise our success but not our struggle. So millennials have bought, some of them have bought into the notion, that's easy, I can do that. Many, many times, the worst thing anybody, any age can do is to underestimate your opponent. And when you get into business, and when you get into life, and when you get into marriage, or when you get into church, or when you get into a club, or when you get into anything, you have an opponent to fight. Never underestimate your opponent. Hi, we got more with Bishop T.D. Jakes when we come back. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Bishop T.D. Jakes is here. Charlamagne? What about people who come to you and say, Bishop, I've been praying, and I've been praying for a blessing, and I've been praying for something to break through. I've been praying for this job, but nothing's nothing's falling through. What do you say to those people? That's, 
one of the that's really my audience mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really my audience and that's primarily why I wrote the book because faith without works it's is dead, dead. Yes, and, and, and I spent a lot of times talking about faith I wrote this book because now I want to talk about work because if you have all of that faith, you're asking God to do stuff that you got to do. Mm. You know, and if you don't do what you have to do, he can't do what he's going to do. And somebody's going to say, well, how can you say God can? The Bible said that whatsoever he doeth, whatsoever you do, God will prosper. Mm. If you don't do anything, he doesn't have anything to prosper. And so I'm not one of these guys, you know, it's magic, it's quick, it's easy, give an offering, spin around, shout three times and you got it. <laughs> it's not like that. Right. If that would have worked, I would have done it. Yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into doing anything that becomes successful. And anybody who stands outside of it and, and says that it's a scam or it's a game, they only do that because they don't understand the work ethic that it takes to build buildings, hire people, do what you do. There's a lot of work in being successful in any industry. It doesn't matter what it is. Now, also, you know, you talk about praying and, and you know, when we had these catastrophes and you say pray for Houston or pray for Vegas, a lot of times under the comments, you'll say, see people to say, you know, why would I pray to the same person that is destroying us or hurting us or causing these hurricanes or causing these shootings? What do you say to some of those people that don't believe? Well, you know, first of all, thankfully we live in a country that you can you can believe whatever you want to believe mm-hmm. without affecting the way I believe. I'm, I am resolute in the fact that God is not nature. Yes, he could control nature. He could let us live forever, but God is not nature. He stands outside of nature. And when I say pray for Houston or pray for Florida or pray for so-and-so, I have the same mindset that I do about this book. We're going to pray on one hand. We're going to load up them trucks and get some help down there on the other. Damn right. We need to do both. Amen. <laughs> so when you start talking about prayer, I believe in prayer, but I also believe in work. As to trying to explain God, that's not my job. Well, people forget Satan got a kingdom, too. Like, these people Satan, are submitting their will to God. They're submitting their will to the devil. Satan devil's. has a kingdom. There's that role to play in it. But here's the reality. If my grandmama's up on the roof, I don't have time to discern whether this is God or the devil. I want to get her off of the roof. Damn right. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Just straightforward and simple. Yet I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. But if I'm hanging on the roof, I appreciate your prayer, but would you hand me a rope? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just being real. You know, pray while you throw me the rope, okay? I'm a very practical guy. I want you to pray, but I want you to throw a brother a rope and a good heavy rope because I'm a pretty big guy, okay? So that my motto and my frame set in ministry is we pray with one hand, we work with the other. We have an organization called MegaCare that has been renowned around the world for its ability to be first responders in times of crisis. So just because you see a logo that says pray doesn't mean that there's not activity going on. Sometimes that activity is going on without anything being said, and other times we're very public about it. But again, faith without works is dead. dead. And so you got some lines I love. You say you have to look ahead to your ultimate destination with one eye and keep the other focused on your next step. And remember that graduation is rooted in the word gradual. Can you explain that a little? You you know, uh, the thing that gets me about that is that so many people have respect for the future and no respect for the present. Hmm. They've got their eye on the prize, but they don't have their eyes on the next step. If you don't honor the next step, you won't make it to the prize. Mm -hmm. And this is important for people to understand. 
They are so excited about where they're going that they don't have respect for where they are. If you don't have respect for where you are, you don't get to where you're going. And that's something we don't tell people about. We tell them, you know, believe in your dream, envision where you're going. Get around people who are doing what you're doing. All that's good, Mm -hmm. but only with one eye. Because if you don't respect where you are, you won't live to play on the field of where you want to go. Now, there's people who are going to read SOAR and they're going to be like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. How, you know, I want to quit my job. How do you know when to, like, leave a certain job that doesn't fulfill you and learn in the head in the direction that God maybe wants you in? Common sense goes a long ways in mm. the process of understanding the material that you're exposed to. There are people who leap off a job and land on a career and it explodes. But more times than not, it's a gradual process. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're out there in the ocean, you're holding on to a raft, and I reach out my hand to get you, you're not going to grab my hand all at once. You're going to grab my hand gradually as you let go of the raft because you can't afford to let go of both things at the same time. Mm. And that same thing true with most people in a the job. There are some rare cases that you have enough funding behind you, you've built enough team behind you that you can walk straight away into your dream, but never step off of something that's substantive for nothing but hope. That's what I tell these kids, too, in the pursuit of your dreams. Deal with your reality, man. Absolutely. It's critical. It's cri- And the reason that, that I think it's important, we as a people can't lose another fight. Mm. We cannot lose another fight. Mm. We cannot afford to be fighting with each other, castigating, destroying each other. We have so many enemies coming against us like I have not seen since I was a child. Mm. This community has to learn how to rally. We have to learn how to rally. We have to get away from destroying each other and being cannibals eating each other because we already got people hunting us. Mm -hmm. And if we don't use all of our information to come together, everything you know and everything I know and everything Sean Combs knows and everything LL Cool J knows and everything President Obama knows, we need everybody because if we don't, we're not going to survive. That's a, that's a great point you bring up. I often wonder what role does the church play in this current climate that we're in right now? The church plays and can play a tremendous role. But when you say the church, it's like saying hip-hop. Mm. It's not all monolithic. It's not all the same. There is no headquarters that controls the church. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, so where do we send the letter to the church? The church is made of the people. Mm. So we are the church, okay, and the church is us. And you have to understand that. And the church has a unique role. Many of them are playing it in different ways. In the civil rights movement, the church was the press. It was where we disseminated information. It was where we let people know where the march was going to be. It was where you galvanized support. You put your little nickels in. We fought together. It was the first schools we had when we weren't allowed in public school and we weren't taught how to read. So the church has to be ambidextrous enough to morph into what the times need. We don't necessarily need to be a school right now. We don't necessarily need to be the press right now. We don't necessarily need to do what we did in the 60s. We got congressmen and senators and legislation and things we didn't have back then, but we still have a significant role to be. And that role depends on whether the church is in South Chicago Mm-hmm. or Beverly Hills. They're not the same thing. It depends on who the congregation is. The church should meet the needs first mm-hmm. of its parishioners. You have a responsibility to make sure the people who gave the money got something back. 
You cannot reach to the community and not take care of the people who gave the resources because you're accountable to those people. Right. Once you have taken care of their needs, their facilities, their funerals, their weddings, their emergencies, their crises, being there, their facility, buildings big enough to handle them, then you reach to the community. I think that one of the greatest things that the church can be right now is a voice for those who cannot be heard, mm. to use our platform to speak out when there's time to speak to an issue. Whether speaking out is in a march or it's in an op-ed letter like I recently wrote or whether it's going to Washington or speaking in Washington, I think that's a tremendous role to play. All right, keep it locked. We have more with Bishop T.D. Jakes. I know usually most people have to leave by now, but we're getting a good word this morning, so keep it locked. More with Bishop T.D. Jakes. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Bishop T.D. Jakes in the building. Now, recently, you know, Jerry Jones said that if any, none of his players will kneel for the National Anthem. That's not, not something he has to work with. And I'm sure a bunch of Cowboys probably go to your church. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I would have to sit down with Jerry and talk to him about the parts of this that you don't see to understand why he made that move, which was a ricochet move from where he started from. He was with the players. Then he kind of switched in his perspective. If I were going to investigate it apart from talking to him, I would follow the money because it's always got something to do with the choices. Mm, got you. From a moral perspective, I would prefer that he support the, the players in their decision, and I think it is far more constitutional to allow me to express myself. You didn't hire me to salute or not salute the flag. Right. You hired me to play the game. Mm -hmm. And as long as I play the game, I think I'm living up to mm -hmm. the contract. Right. For, to, for us to allow sports to become embargoed by politics, I think is detrimental to both issues because what we are really dealing with is far more important than touchdowns and passes well, and games and tickets. Well, tell the president that, because he's the one tweeting <laughs> about the NFL his damn self, too, and ESPN and Jamal Hill and all that stuff. I am worried about North Korea. I am worried about job opportunities. I am worried about equal access to health care. That's a simple question. Is yeah. Donald Trump the Antichrist? <laughs> Bishop, <laughs> you would have more insight than us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Over the years, not just with the Trump administration, back to the Obama administration, all the way back to the Clinton administration, there's been a deterioration of the office and the respect for the office. Mm. And I think that we, when we lose respect for the office, we think anybody can do it. And then when we think anybody can do it, we elect anybody to have it. Mm. It used to be that it meant something mm -hmm. to be the president of the United States. Mm. It, it meant something. Right. But the dumbing down of America has been gradual but continual, and we are paying a price for that. It's safe to say you're not a Trump supporter. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But the greater issue is this. He is now our president. If being a Trump supporter means did I vote for him, I did not. But he is our president. And no matter what you think about him, he's got his hands on the switch. He's got his hands on your grandmama's health care. He's got his hands on your kids' education. And we got to work with who's there. And we got to find a way to make this work. Because four years is a long time to just be mad. 
I guess my final question is, you know, you look around at the, 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 the climate of the world and you see the natural disasters and everything that's going on. <laughs> Do you think we're in our last days? Because everybody likes to say, look at the book of Revelations. We're, we're, we're living through it right now. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, it certainly has some similarities. I laughed, but because not over what you said. I laughed over what I thought. When you said, do you think we're in our last days, I thought I think I'm in mine. <laughs> so you got to figure yours out for yourself. <laughs> That's what, I laughed in my own head. But uh, <laughs> whether we're in our last days collectively or individually. We're headed to World War Three. That's scary. And that's possible. Rumors of war? I don't think you understand. 9-11 was horrible. I mean, it touched every human being that had any sense. But 9-11 is a walk in the park compared to what a nuclear bomb would be on in this country. Mm. And I'm telling you right now, you have never, this country has never seen the devastation of one bomb that got through nuclear attack on this country is going to change everything. Irreparable damage. Irreparable, Irreparable damage. damage. What we're talking about in a flippant way is so serious. The meshing of these different machines between politics and television and social media have created a mushrooming of some distorted, mutated thing. Donald Trump is the executive producer of America right now. <laughs> if we don't if we don't redignify the office and understand what's at stake, that this is not about ratings for Fox or CNN, but if these bombs start dropping, nobody's going to be able to bury them as fast mm. as they're going to fall. And we don't know whose bodies they're going to be. So this is a serious office. This is a time that we really need to be having relationships with each other. Mm. This is a time that we need to have relationships with our elected officials, no matter who they are. Because one wrong move in the in the underbed rustling that I'm seeing globally, the world that we know it could not be, the country that we know could not be. That's pretty serious for me. I have grandkids. I kind of like to grow up and, and, and live and laugh and, and see things that are important. I thought you were about to say, I got grandkids I kind of like. <laughs> That's true, too, sometimes. It depends on what I stepped on in the middle of the night when I'm trying to get to the bathroom. That's true, too. But, but, but the reality, do you hear Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And I don't want to le leave on a sour note, but, but I am telling you, the things we fight about, and you're talking about this and that and the other, and the Democrats and Republicans and Trump and Trump's in, Trump's out, and Obama's in, Obama's out, what you think the church ought to do, what we think Black Lives Matter ought to do, all of those are luxury items to debate because we have not been bombed. Mm. If we are bombed, you won't care whose political party, who's, uh, who's the pastor, and whatever you think about that. Those are, those are first world problems. We get bombed, we're going to have third world problems. That's what I'm trying to say mm -hmm. to you. And we're not that far from it. So whether it is uh, eschatology, the theological understanding of the end of the world, or the end of the world as we know it because of evil men, uh, I don't know. But I do know that what is being discussed is something that all of us need to be paying attention to at all ages and stages because if you value life at all, if none but your own, we should be paying close attention. Well, can we uh, leave with a prayer, man? No, we got to leave with a prayer. Got to leave with a prayer, man. Please, Got to leave with a prayer.
Lord, I thank you for for the privilege of being in this place, in this moment, with this people at this time. This is a gift from you. For whatever reason, you allowed my voice to be heard through this vehicle. And I pray for every person listening, every person in this room. I pray for our country. I pray for our president. I pray for our nation. I pray for the nations of the world. I don't just want America to do well. I want the world to do well. Because when the world does well, and when there is no injustice, and when there is no poverty and no no wickedness and debauchery, then, then people can walk the streets of Vegas and be safe, and then people can move about their lives and be free. I pray for those that mourn. I pray for all of those kids whose daddies didn't come home, daddy and mama went away to Vegas and they didn't come back. I pray for families who are clutching the scarves of their daughters who will never come back again. I pray for all of the chaos in Puerto Rico and all of the families who are still displaced in Houston and all throughout the lower parts of Texas and all throughout Florida and all of the tragedies all over the world. We need your grace, your love, your peace, your power, and above all, because we are flawed and human and vulnerable and sometimes wicked, we need your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Bishop T.D. Jakes, y'all. There you have it. Bishop T.D. <laughs> Jakes, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Charlemagne, say the gang, donkey, other day. Charlemagne. You are a donkey. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the donkey of the day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, <laughs> man, hit it with the heat. Uh, yes, yeah, the Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Donkey of the Day goes to John Robert Hill. Guess what John Robert Hill is from, ladies and gentlemen? Where does your Uncle Charlotte tell you that all the craziest people in America exist? South Carolina. Man, shut up. (laughs) The Bronx and all of Florida, okay? And John Robert Hill is from South Florida. Now, you may know John Robert Hill by his IG name, Bunk IG, all right? He's 20 years old, and you may have seen him doing social media stunts like walking into fast food restaurants and helping himself. I've seen him walk into a gas station and take all the soda. I've seen him walk into Little Caesars and just take a pizza. I've seen him walk into Subway and take all the cookies. I've seen him get tattoos at places and then run out on the tattoo artist. I've seen him try on watches and run out on the jeweler. I've seen him crash a funeral. Okay? Or a church service or something. I don't know what it was. I've seen him smoke a blunt in the library. And I honestly thought a lot of this was fake. Okay, stage. Just another clown who didn't get enough attention from his parents, so he tries to supplement it with attention from social media. Well, it turns out it wasn't fake because John Robert Hill was arrested and charged with burglary and petty theft after he jumped the counter at a Dunkin' Donuts into an employee area and grabbed $38 worth of donuts. Now, he's done this a couple times. Let's hear it. I'm the f- seven. Remember that. I want to see what donuts I like first. I take the rest. <laughs> I'm the f- They didn't even know I was coming. I just take the whole donut. He actually got arrested for that. He went back to Dunkin' Donuts and did it again. Let's listen. They banned me from f-ing Dunkin' Donuts, but I don't give a f-ing, You know what I'm saying? The boot gang, I'm a lot of motherfucking gang. You know what I'm saying? You ready? Uh, don't worry about me, bro. Oh, oh all right. What up? What's your... Why y'all at it? Download French Montana Jungle Rules, you know what I'm saying? Thanks for the donuts. You can't ban me for no f***ing wear, you know what I'm saying? Did he say download French Montana Jungle Rules? Sure yeah. did. 
Now, this guy was already banned from Dunkin' Donuts, all right? He was arrested for stealing from Dunkin' Donuts, but he decided to go back and still steal the donuts. Again. So he is making a conscious decision to go to jail for likes and RTs. Young people, listen, man. I'm t- like Young guys like this confused the hell out of me because when I was 20, it was all about the money. All right, cash rules everything around me. When I was growing up, it was about less attention, more cash. And the whole point of doing a crime was to not get caught. Nowadays, these dudes get on social media and shine a big-ass bat signal in the sky to alert the authorities to the BS they're doing. Now, he got charged with stealing from Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, Let's hear him in court. Good morning, Mr. Hill. You were arrested for burglary to an occupied structure and petty theft. I will appoint the public defender's office for you. How long have you lived here for? Since August. August, are you in school? No, I'm not in school. What do you do all day? Nothing. Well, uh, I just kind of stopped, take a break on my last job. I was working at uh, my, my downtown Miami and at the airport. This is strange. So he jumped the counter, the Dunkin' Donuts, to the employee-only area. I guess that's the burglary. And he stole right. an entire took a tray of donuts for $38. And then gave them back. The employee asked for them, and then apparently he gave them back. And the entire time, the co-defendant's filming it. So it sounds like this is one of those, like, it's do it for the vine. Yeah. Exactly. Internet type of, like, funny no. things. Not that funny, not that smart, but... Ultimately, he did give it back to you. Yes, stay out of the Dunkin' Donuts at 18801 Northwest 2nd Avenue in Miami Gardens. Tap alternate bond. Count one is 1,000. And count two will be 500. All right, let's break this down. Uh, John Robert Hill, Boom Gang, whatever you call him, was referred to a court program with an alternate bond of $1,500 in the Dunkin' Donuts case. He pled not guilty and was sentenced to 60 days of probation. And I'm telling you right now, that's not enough. I would like to see authorities go to every video he's ever posted on his Instagram where he has committed a crime from smoking weed in the library to stealing from Little Caesars to running out on tattoos. I would like for the police to go back, watch all those videos, and charge him for every single crime. All right, this little slap on the wrist this boy got not going to help him change his life. He lives for the attention, so he's probably just eating it up. And more importantly, other kids won't learn from his mistakes because they like, oh, that's all he got? Some of these digital D-heads, the retweets and likes from social media far outweigh the consequences of these crimes, especially when it's just 60 days probation and a court-ordered program he has to attend, okay? Sometimes someone must die in order for others to live, all right? Sometimes literally they have to die, sometimes figuratively, and John Robert Hill needs to die figuratively, okay? He needs to get the book thrown at him. Law enforcement needs to make an example out of him so these kids can learn that this is not the way. All right, the judge asked a very important question to this young man. Can you play that little question she asked? Are you in school? No, I'm not in school. What do you do all day? The answer is nothing. All right, and that's the problem. These kids have nothing to do. Idle mind is the devil's playground. Instead of boot gang, it should be book gang. Read a book. Don't just go to the library and smoke weed. Go to the library and actually read something in there. Go learn a trade or something. Make yourself smarter. Stop looking for love from social media and start loving yourself. Please give John Robert Hill, a.k.a. Boonk Gang, the biggest hee-haw. Because I'm telling you what's going to happen. If they don't throw the book at him and, um, you know, make him change his ways that way, somebody going to shoot that little boy. All right. I'm waiting on him to get shot. And I hope they do it live on IG. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Everybody is DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you got a question for Yee, you could call her at any time. Hello, who's this? Hello. What's going on? My name is Mark. Mark. Hey. What's your question for Yee, bro? Yes, Mark. Talk to me. Okay, listen. 
All right, it's a relationship question to set in the third. I just want to know, all right, I have, um, when I was 20 years old, I was dating a, a, a girl who I met at the club who I thought was 18 and sat in the third. She was 16. Oh, we man. had a child together. Her mom lied. She had fake IDs. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I was dropping off at the school to sat in the third, but I got charged with sexual assault. So I got who, locked up for who two charged? years. Wait, so how did you end up getting charged at all? Like who? Well, because when, I, uh, when her brother came home, I decided not to be with her anymore. So I left her. And she wasn't having that, so she called the police and she lied. She made a whole rape story up. They dropped the rape sh the rape the actual rape charge, but since she was underage and I had a child with her, that's how I got charged. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, for real. She, but you know what? It's, I ain't gonna lie to me. This ain't her first time. She did it to like three or four other guys. One guy doing ten years for her. That's crazy. Ooh, that's crazy. Y'all yeah. need some better lawyers or something, but go ahead. But now, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with my present girl now. You know, we we chilling. We just sat in the third. I, I, I want to tell her, but I don't know. You better tell I, her just I, like you told us. That sounds crazy. I ain't gonna lie, bro. No, I mean, listen. You have to tell her something like that. First of all, the girl was 16. You were 20. Y'all have a child together. She knows you have a child, right? Yeah. Now, does she know you don't get along with the mother? Yeah, yeah, but she doesn't know why. Well, you, you know what I mean. She just. You better go on ahead and tell her. I don't think that's any reason. If somebody told me that and explained to me what happened, I didn't know her age, da-da-da-da-da. She had me arrested. And I, would, I don't think it would make me not want to be with them. But what would make me not want to be with you is that you knew and didn't tell me. This is the twist. Oh, boy. Now, she's 16? Is, is she... No, 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 no. Hell no. The girl that I'm with, she, is she, I, she's like... Very like uh, opinionated, and I remember great. we having a, That's we, great. Having a we having a conversation one time. She was very opinionated about people with sex charges. Oh, okay, boy. well, listen, this is a little bit different. It's not like you really sexually assaulted someone. She had a relationship with you that was consensual. She lied to you about her age. She got upset that you left her, and she had you sent to jail. Whose fault is that? I mean, of course that's hers, but I was just nervous. I, I mean, I, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll you her. have to I tell just, her. I would be I more mad that you didn't tell me this if I was her than what actually happened. So, got to tell. Yeah, good luck, bro. Let us know how that conversation goes. Mm -hmm. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you got a question for Yee, you could call her right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Ask C&E. You got a question? You need some advice? 800-585-1051. Call your Uncle Charlotte and your cousin NV and Hello. see what's happening. Hey, what's your name, Mama? Nicole. Nicole, what's your problem? So, I'm living with my parents and I'm living with my man, right? How, how old are you? So, I'm 26. 26, you live but, with your parents and your man. Yeah. But the situation is that I pay the bills in the house, right? Well, that's what everybody so who lives with their parents says. Let I'm talk. serious. Go ahead. Damn. All right. So um, I've been with my man for like seven years, and now he moved out out of nowhere. That's not out of nowhere. You don't want to live with your parents no more. I congratulate him for being a grown-ass man who don't want to live with somebody's parents. Well, what you mean? I said all the bills. Girl, you need to get your own apartment and pay your own bills. Why did he say he, leave? he left? He didn't even say because he said he's tired of this Duh, so, he lives with your parents. Yeah, he can't knock you off like he wants to because you can't scream. He doesn't want to live with your parents, mama. I want to feel like a man. I can't feel like a man living with your parents and you paying all the bills. But what what is my family going to do? What do you mean? What is your family going to do? Why don't y'all both move out and get your own place? But I'm the one that supports my family. Lord have mercy. You Mexican? What are you? You Spanish? Right? You racist. 
Why am I yes. racist? She's, she's Latino. <laughs> you Spanish, right? Why is always a Mexican thing? Well, you're yes. Latino, right? Yes. All right, listen, man. It comes to a point in time where Latino families got to stop depending on one paycheck. All right? That's just all it boils <laughs> down to. Well, oh, hell no. Well, well try to get out, man. Try to man. get into a, an apartment with him. and, and I mean, I'm, he just doesn't want to be under your parents. You he, can't be you mad can at that man that. for wanting to be a man? I don't want to live with your parents while you paying all the bills. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? This is Shay. Hey, Shay, what's your question, mama? So, my question is, I'm asking for a friend, though. You said what? No, you're your not. man. So, if your, friend, if your man, right, he wants you to caress his nipples, like, you don't mind it, but you don't really like that going on extra with it because I feel like I'm treating him like a or something, you know? If that man want his nipples caressed, caress his nipples. Ain't What's nothing wrong with, you? wrong with a little caressing of nipples, and you should lick it, too. When you, I know. Listen, but do we have to go off in with it? Listen, when you want your butt eaten, does, does he complain? Does he eat the butt? All right, you right. All right. What's wrong with you, girl? <laughs> and you might want to try eating his butt. You might like that, too. You How old are you? I'm 27. Oh, come on now. Y'all way past the stage of learning now. Y'all should be grown. Caress that man nipples. Hey, is this something new to learn every day now? Come on. You are you are right, but you should lick his nipples, caress his nipples, and lick his butt. I wish it would, I wish a woman would complain about me wanting my nipples caressed when I'm eating her butt. I would too. Hello, who's this? Yo, this lick out of Florida. Hey man, turn your radio down, man. What's your question for uh, Charlene or C&E? So... My my girl has a man best friend, but I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Is he gay? No. All right then. He's you should now. Nah, you should shut that down. You should shut that down immediately. Unless all y'all friends, all of y'all friends. I mean, we all went to school together. I ain't asked you that. I said all of y'all friends. Do y'all hang out? Do y'all kick it? Huh? Hello. He hung up. Oh, he went to go get his gun. Yeah, Damn, I, I ain't wanted to go that far. But he's definitely hating on him on the low, so you I, should definitely get rid of that situation. Unless he's gay, no, you can't have any male friends. There's no such thing. Listen, the only when you got friends of the opposite sex, all of y'all got to be friends. All my close Absolutely. female friends, my wife is close with, too. They all cool together. Right. All right? That's that's the way it works. Hello, who's this? Good morning. This is Dee Marie. Hi, Charlamagne. Hi, DJ MV. Good morning. Hey, What's baby. your question, mama? So, basically, I know everyone does music. Everybody and a great aunt. Uh-huh. Go Get ahead. a job. I do have a job. Get yes. a job. <laughs> Are you a rapper? Um, I do everything. Like, I okay, think. get a job. No, let her explain. Go ahead, mama. How old are you? Come on, Charlamagne. I love you for that, for being yourself. Like, But, you know, my question is just, like, how do I market myself? Like, I understand everybody out there does it. Well, how old are you, first I, of all? I'm 21. Oh, she got a little time. I think you should get a job, and you should pass out mixtapes at your job. I do. I have a job. Um, I'm a college student, so definitely being on campus helps. But it's just... What's your major? Um, it's human services. I graduate in May, and then I'm transferring to do my bachelor's in social work. So okay. I'm doing things to make sure if certain things don't work out, you know what I mean, I can fall back on human services. But, like, Well, do you rap or sing, Mama? I do both. Well, let me hear something right fast. Hear something right now? Okay. Um, so... They want me to keep it PG. They want me to keep it PC. Politically correct. They probably want to try to control okay, me. Okay, okay, okay. Right, about right, this right, right. plan A, right? About this plan A. You're in school. You should let plan A go. <laughs> All right. You're in school. You got a job. No, keep plan A. Don't worry about plan B. See, this is the thing. Now, plan A was a rap career. No, plan A is not your rap career, is it? No, it isn't. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, good. So good, about good. this plan A. Listen, stick to your plan A. <laughs> yeah, stick your to Your plan, plan B is not going to really work out. It's good that you're in school. It's good that mm-hmm. you have a job. Now, you can do all of that rap stuff as a hobby, maybe. Hobby, yes. You know what I'm saying? Because in, 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 in the pursuit of your dreams, you have to deal with your reality. You're dealing with your reality by going to school. There you go. And, you know, you'll eventually have a job. But, you know, if I was you, I wouldn't focus on that plan B unless it's a pill that you pop because somebody <laughs> than you at school one day. There you go. But good oh, my God. Everything. 
Okay, thank you, Have guys. Have a blessed okay. day. I think he was pretty honest with him. The Breakfast Club. All right, we are doing Ask E, and we have Odario on the line. What's up, Odario? Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. How are you? I had a question for you. Okay. So I've been dating this NFL player since high school. Okay. Before I even got to the NFL. And we went to college together and everything, but then I had to leave to go to Harvard because I got accepted to Harvard. So I graduated from Harvard Life school, <laughs> Law School, and then I, I, called, I came back. So we was together all this time because we would go back and forth or whatever, right? It's been how long? So if you, for like 12, 13 years. You've been dating this NFL player for 12 or 13 years. Okay. Yep. So I had got a job offer in Washington last year to uh, work at the prosecutor office out there. Mm-hmm. And he made me turn the offer down because he was like, okay, so we got engaged. So basically we got engaged. I'll okay. say that. So he took a, knee. a few weeks ago. He, I'm sorry. He took a knee. Never mind. <laughs> Bad <Okay>. joke. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> so... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went over by his house to get his um, clothes taken to the cleaners, like I always do. Uh-huh. And this, this girl was in the house. Uh-oh. I paid no attention because we always say that, you know, we best friends. We never put so out. So he, wasn't, o- he wasn't openly gay. He wasn't out. Basically, no. Still not out today. I would never, you know, put him out on blast like that. Right. He takes but, two knees, but he doesn't want anyone to know. Exactly. So I said, that's cool. So I go over here and then she tell me that, you know, they just got engaged. What? And that she is pregnant. Yeah, and she's pregnant. Well, he's playing both sides of the ball. So he's playing offense and defense. So <laughs> he's engaged to you and he's engaged to uh-huh. her. Yeah, so I so I asked her, you know, I'm I'm nosy. So I'm like, so how long um, you know, you've been engaged? And she said, It's been like five months. I wow. say five months, huh? So, um, so I call him up because he had he had the road for this game out of town. So I said, I called him. I was like, come over to my house uh, when you get home. So he came over like 2 o'clock in the morning. So I said, is there something that you um, need to tell me or whatever may have you? And he was like, no. So, of course, I lost my temper. I'm like, well, I met, I'm not going to say her name. Mm. I'll just call her Kelly. I met Kelly over your house a couple of weeks ago, and she told me that you got engaged and she pregnant. So then he decided he wanted to tell the truth. Now, he t- he say he loves me, but since she's pregnant, he has to marry her. So this whole time he's been cheating on you and having sex with this woman. Exactly. Mm. So I got another job offer out of state in New York, actually, at a prosecutor's office. Okay. And I accepted the job. So Get it, Odaria. That's what I'm talking about. So this is where it gets kind of tricky, right? Mm-hmm. So a few days, well, yeah, a few days ago, he came over with this, like, bad attitude. And I will say, yeah, he grabbed by my throat and picked me up against the wall because I'm not really Whoa. Domestic so, violence. Does he play for the Giants and Jets? <laughs> I, I can't say. I won't say. Cowboys. But what I will say no, is that, uh, you know, he bought this house, granted, which I don't really need to because I work and I make my own money. So um, I call, like, the movers or whatever may have you, and I got all my stuff up out of there. You, as you should, Lord because he put his hands on you. Exactly. So he filed and tracked me down at my mother's house, right? Mm-hmm. And then he sitting here begging and pleading, telling me not to leave and not to go because we're going to get married. And I don't believe nothing he said. He's I'm getting so married confused. to somebody else. How's he going to marry you? Exactly. So what should I do? Should I just leave here? Because I'm, I'm sitting oh, here Oh, as smart property. as you are, you went to Harvard. This man lied to you all this time, lied to this woman. He's having a baby with someone, and he put his hands on you. People from Harvard get turned out by the D2. Yeah. And you don't know what to do? <laughs> it's just... 
Oh, Dario, come I, on. I know. This man don't know what position you want to play on the field. I know you know what to do. You cannot tolerate that. You are way too... First of all, he's not even openly gay. Yeah. He's not even letting people know about your relationship. It's been 13 years. Will you tell me who he is off the air? No, I can't tell you because I would never put him out like that because it's not right. It's not my place. Well, he, it looks like he has no intention of, and of, and you're openly gay, right? No, I'm not. Oh, no, you're not. So neither, you know, neither no. one of you are. Yeah. No. Well, how do so, you guys intend to get married at all? Well, that's what I said. And he told me, he was like, well, you know, it's legal now. We've been together since high school. We should go ahead and do... You know, Adaria, I don't want stuff. you to marry somebody that choked you, threw you up against the wall by your throat and lied to you when it's having a baby with somebody else. That's what I said, too. Okay. I mean, it was the first time it happened, but I... I but you need to figure out once. what you need to do because it seems like maybe you haven't come out the closet because he hasn't. Yeah. Don't live your life according to what this man is doing. Live your life for you. So I guess I'm moving to New York then. I we'll see I'm you in New stuff. York. <laughs> Are you moving in yeah. to New York to be closer to him because this is where he plays? No, he's leaving. Yeah. Are you leaving no, New York? Come to New York. You leaving well, New York. Well, I will say this. He plays for the um, Lions. I will say that. But that's okay. all I Shout say. out to the D. The Lions. <laughs> Yeah, been lying about a whole I'll bunch of that. stuff, too. All right. Well, yeah. Dario, hit us up when you come out here. We're going to party. We're going to party? Mm-hmm. I get you to party. Okay. I appreciate you so much, Angela. You, you guys, y'all have a great day. Thank All you right, so you much. Too. Y'all didn't clear my mind. All right. All right. I'm glad to hear that. You're going to clear your butthole. Have a sometimes blessed day, sir. Sometimes it's hard, even <laughs> as smart too. as you are, to make the right decision. <laughs> when you're in love, you get clouded. Yeah, you do, unfortunately. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you, Miss G. Have a blessed right. day. You guys, too. The Breakfast Club. 